0: I'm on the track!
1: And the tailgate crew My name is Jermaine, thanks for being a part of the show Pretty pretty good week for, for sports this weekend And pretty great week for, for sports in general The Warriors lost And um, I lost a lot of money on that But it's all good We're going to jump into the of devotional Because we got a special guest in the, In the press box with us And I'll be introducing him soon But before we get into that Let's just jump into this devotional It comes from Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 22. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For for if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the path of justice, he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you. To deliver from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave paths of uprightness, I'm sorry, uprightness to walk in ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the per- perversity of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways, to deliver you from the strange woman, from the adulteress who flatters, her, her, flatters with her words. That leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her tracks lead to the dead. None, none who go to her return again, nor do they reach the path of life. So if you walk away and, you walk in the way of good men and keep pass of the righteousness, for the upright will live in the land and blameless will remain in it for the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. When someone is interviewing for a job, it's common to ask, what does the benefits package include? We do well to consider consider a similar question with the value of living according to God's wisdom. Since the world's advice about having a good life contrasts sharply with scriptural teachings, we may ask, What are the benefits? In other words, why should we seek to live in obedience to the instructions in the Bible? First of all, in seeking God's wisdom, we acquire a deeper understanding and knowledge of the Lord. Our perspective on life is greatly enhanced when we have a close relationship with the Father. He'll give us the ability to see ourselves, others, and circumstances in the way he would view them. As biblical principles permeate our minds they begin to shape our thinking and responses to all of life's situations and challenges. Second, God promises to guide and protect us if we walk wisely. Nothing outside his will can penetrate the shield of protection around those who love and seek to obey him. When we let his wisdom enter our hearts, discretion watches over our desires and emotions, preventing him from entering into foolish or sinful relationships That would draw us away from him. Godly understanding and protection don't all don't become ours simply because we want them. Such benefits come to people who diligently seek divine wisdom. If you receive the words of scripture and let them fill your heart and mind, the Lord will reveal himself to you and give you his discernment. That's a little food for thought for today. Not that a little food for thought, but a lot of this. (laughs) <laughs> That's just like telling you to look in the mirror At yourself Telling me to do the same thing But we're going to take a quick station break We'll be right back We got a special guest in the building Stay tuned
2: Hey nigga topsy I just want to, talk to you. Girl let me talk to you.
3: I just
2: wanna talk to you, I just wanna talk today. Yeah. Then yeah. let looking good, rockin' red bottles. Push so good, get your heart problems. Flying, state, state, she ain't nothing like a bitch. She ain't love with me, that's siphon, ain't not a bitch. I'm fuckin' good, leave the lights on. My love. Do you ever dream of making love to a rich nigga? I'm a stroke, right? This sick picture, sex bitch. Blame it on the lick, girl, I got a lick you either layin' with me or you playin' with me In other words, baby, are you fuckin' with me? I just wanna know if you fucking with me Let Nick know, cause I really feel you Got my Amazon girl, what's up with you? I just wanna talk to you girl about your future I water in my chain, I'm way, way cooler I'ma get you high in the plant she ain't am seen. Pull up in the shit, she ain't never seen I just wanna talk to you girl, let me talk to you Nothing like a little baby girl, let me talk to you Baby girl, let me talk to you Baby girl, let me talk to you
4: I just want to talk to you. I just want to talk to but you. Phone on a wall with me. Phone on a wall with me. I never phone with none of these lambs. Young nigga really get it. nigga really good. G5 to the west side. west side. Oh, the nigga i The west side. The west The The The
2: I just want to talk to you, girl, about the Drop of water in my chain. Now I'm way, way cooler. I'm going to get you higher than the planet you ain't never seen. Pull up in the shit you ain't never seen. I just want to talk to you. Nothing like the lead, baby girl. Let me talk to you. Smoking on some shit from the west side. I'm going to get you higher than the east side. Bulling with the niggas on the right side. un nigga that'll keep it right. Pull up at the red light. I'm going to drop the top of the hair right. She ain't nothing like no mother bitch. She fell in love with a real nigga All the dribble got me fucking with her Baby girl, no I'm fine I just wanna talk to you, girl, about the future, you I put water in my chain, I'm way, way cooler I'ma get you higher in the planet she ain't never seen Full of in of sheets she ain't never seen I just wanna talk to you, girl, let me talk to you Nothing like that, baby girl, let me talk to you Baby girl, let me talk to you Baby girl, let me talk to you Girl, let me it,
4: I just wanna talk to you. I just wanna talk to but you. Put your phone on the wall with me. I never phone with none of these lames. Yellow nigga really good. Yellow nigga really good. G5 to the west side. Overall, I got a nigga high. This nigga high. The husband, man, you see the sky. Yeah. Yeah, Damn. Red
2: bottom slipping, she's my Cinderella. Magic City G5, shouted by whatever. She poked us by getting in. that word, about you, bitches. A vision on paper, no time for the haters. Shots on dead, baby girl, turn up with me. Once you gon' turn up with me Not if I check, got me ballin' like pity Orlando, my city, let's get it, we livin' We gon' make a move with no mad name Kim K. Ray J. Way before Kanye In my city, we fuckin' till Monday Put your phone down and walk with me Molly got McGee, want to talk to me Run a game like 2K But we look out at a long, long way I'm talk to you, girl, about to you Top of water my chain, I'm in China, way, way cooler I'ma get you higher than the plan, she never seen Pull up in the GT, never seen. I just wanna talk to you, girl. Let me
4: talk to you. Nothing like the last, baby girl. Let me talk to you. Baby girl, let me talk to you. Woo. Baby, baby girl, let me talk to you. I just wanna talk to you. Put your phone on the wall with me. I never fall with none of these lames. Young nigga really good. Young nigga really good. G5 to the west side. Before I got it, nigga high. Brother, I put my hands up and made you see the sky. You're really a diamond 'cause I'm diamond. Damn.
1: Welcome back into the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. Really, really excited to have this guest online with us. He's a former Auburn basketball player. Had a 10 year career in the NBA. Had one finals appearance. I mean, this guy is he's a baller. He can spit bars. My man, Marquise Games, War Eagle, and welcome to the press box. Also, we got my man War. Young Scoop on the
5: line with us too.
6: Yeah, yeah. War Eagle, so War Eagle. Scoop, what's happening?
5: Man, just to up. I'm
6: coolin'. Yeah, man, so it's always good you be on, on the on the blog right now with my War Eagle people. Everybody out there, War Eagle to you.
1: Now, I know you played you played four years at Auburn. Your red shirt year, you were on you were on the team with Doc Robinson and Chris Porter. It was a one seed. The next year, you got to have some playing time your red shirt freshman year. How was that? What was that like playing for Cliff Ellis and playing in, in an old
6: Beard Eves? Uh, I mean, it was great. I mean, the atmosphere was crazy. I mean, if you know, some being back there in those games, you know, the cliff, cliff Dwellers was crazy. And, you know, like you said, I was a red shirt in my first year. So. I got to sit back and watch and learn, you know, from, from the other guys that was ahead of me, like Doug Robinson, the Damian Fishbass, Chris Porter, those guys, how hard they worked every day in practice, and it, it prepared me for when they left to to take care of the throne.
1: And you actually, play, you actually played in two NCAA tournaments, and one of those games, I mean, you, you played in, in the Sweet 16, you also, you know, played the first round game, and you were a second team, uh, a third team on uh, SEC, SEC in 2001 and uh second team in 2003. What what was so special about those years that that you can remember and that carries on
6: with you? Man, to be honest with you, man, like my first two years there, my, really my first three years, I was playing. I played every position while I was at Auburn. I played the four, five my first two years. My my third year, I played the point, And my senior year, I played the three. So it was like I was all over the place. I was called to do a lot of things. So I had to step up. You know, with Jameson Brewer left, my junior year, I had to play point guard the whole year. So it was like, man, let me please just play <laughs> my position. But it was, it was a good experience for me. It helped me out for, you know, when I got to the next level. And you were undrafted, and
1: you uh, signed with uh, Dallas. You got to play with players like Dirk, Stackhouse, the Jet, Josh Howard. I mean, that experience had to be one just beyond anything that you could have ever dreamed of.
5: Yeah,
6: it was, man. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, coming in, you know, you see these guys that you've been watching on TV pretty much all your life growing up. And then you get into practice, and now you got to go up against them. But you lose that quick, that that uh, starstruck, because they see you and they see fear. They they going for blood. So you got to be on the same thing they on. And I had mentality, you know, since I didn't get drafted, I felt like everybody was in my way. I was trying to take everybody's position. You was on my team or not? I was I was coming at your neck every day. <laughs> <For real. laughs>
1: And you you got to play four years. You played four years with Dallas. You played a few years in, Indian, in Indiana, and some other years with Boston. What was the best years for you? I know you had a finals appearance um, with the Mavs. So uh, tell me some tell me some stories from the road. You know
6: that <laughs> you can't tell. You know. Are you, know, you trying to keep me? What's the boy from the Lakers? I can't do that. No, I ain't trying. I ain't <laughs> trying to be the to well, Not today. <laughs> nah, I mean we had some good times, you know. It's, um, teams that usually stay together and you know they go out together, have fun whether it's go to the movies, bowling, or paintball, whatever it is that guys do together. You know whether it's team dinner, those are the teams that are usually closer to each other and they go a lot farther in the playoffs and everything because they have a camaraderie with each other. And, and it's a type of bond, whether you know it or not. You're around these guys more than your family, so it's like that is your family. That's your group of brothers.
1: I definitely understand that. I definitely understand that. And now we, you know, you you had this this long ten year career in the NBA, and you've morphed yourself into
6: a hip hop artist
1: who goes by the name of Q6. Tell me how that came about.
6: Um, you know from. Auburn, I was number three. So when I got to the NBA, uh, Travis best at number three, and he was not giving it up. I mean, he was a veteran. I was a rookie, so I had to go to the to the six. And my nickname's Kizzy, so I just put Q6 together. And you know, after I had my spinal surgery, uh, which was fourth, which made me kind of leave the game of basketball. Um, I just went with basketball um, rapping, and I don't use my name because you know. First thing people say is Marquis said, "Oh, here go another athlete trying to rap." So I would rather put, you know, the Q6 there. That way, when you hear it, and if you like it, you be like, "Okay, it was good." If you don't like it, I right, was, all right. it went, I didn't like it. But then when you find out who it is, now you can, you know, make the judgment for yourself before you judge me before you hear.
1: it. Now the, the first song that we played was "Talk to You." Tell me that. Tell me some of your musical influences because I, I can hear a lot of a lot of the old school in you, and then I, I hear a lot of the new school sound in the song as well.
6: Uh, honestly, man, I, I'm, I'm just a fan of music, man. Like, if it's good music, I listen to it. I don't discriminate nobody. Like, my daughter got me listening to Taylor Swift, uh, uh, some other, uh, Stay With Me, whoever that dude is. Like, I just listen to everything, man. Sam Smith. Like, raps, or, yeah, Sam's all of them. I listen to everything, man. I don't discriminate about anything. It's good music I listen to, and I support the artists because I know how hard it is out here. You know, you get a lot of people that support you, but they support you from a distance. Like, yeah, 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 I like your music, but they won't go buy it. They'll download it. Yeah, you're right.
1: And we also have Young Scoop on the line with us. And Scoop, won't you tell me some of, your, some of your musical influences as well? I mean, this is a great collab between you two, so...
5: Oh man, um like, you know, Pop, Biggie, um called Marquise Daniels. I listen to you know, Blood Wrong, uh Jesus. Um, so I, I listen to a lot of other underground artists too, you know. Like uh a couple a couple of artists from well Marquise Daniels from too, you know. I listen to And you know,
1: like I, I, I love like the old school hip hop artists and things like that. And like I said, like a lot of a lot of like the bars you spit, it's got an old school feel to it. And I love that you incorporating the new the new bass part of, into it as well. We're gonna listen to this new song. We're gonna listen to this other song. It's called Mike Tyson. So I want everybody to check this out. <laughs>
2: In the street, highlight me like you stupid. Came with these niggas that fuck with that nigga man. All these whole like group. Got your main bitch face down, bitch, a little bitch down, back it on up, go stupid a fan, tough team on the dick, tough man, like Nike, just do it. Told the bitch, bite down, watch you getting pipe down for a white girl on my team, no jersey. Fish that cool little nigga, like, woo! I'm still a man, nigga, who the fuck is you? Still got my ice on, rhyme with a top, gone, for the whole little dirty on my floor, bitch ass, all bang, Fresh in the motherfucker, leaning like a motherfucker, damn, like, my cup, muddy. Feel like, Mike tight, all these little niggas biting. Got my rolling super bloody, diamond striking, like, light Bitch, I'll uh, watch it uh, on from the cool fall, white light, got it. Hanging out in motherfucking coop. I'm get money, I don't know about you. I feel like Mike Tyson, all these ruckus inviting. I got niggas in the system boxing, but they fighting. Mike Joy, Mike Zack, Nabba tight. I be running through that dick, hanging like my Mike Tyson. Nice. Can't control the lights, so I hope that you still see my brightness. i I like to Feel like my sight, call yeah. Young nigga trapping with a beeper, 300 shit. Rest in peace, one skeezle. Blue Ben for the skeezle. Cross town whole shit, well known eater. Screams be the OG pojo. pojo. Trapping out of circle with a Glock 40 grip. Yeah. What about 100 on sneakers? Walking on blood, FN little niggas. Yeah. You don't want beef, little nigga. Ain't yeah. first by the cat, little niggas. Yeah. Talking too much, you're trying to kill him. Yeah. Got a bedroom filled up with choppers. Sent yeah. yeah. me auto handgun, got out. Pills yeah. perg lean loud, who shop? Fuck nigga, I don't play with him. No peace, I'm going back and forth with them right, right through shit, niggas know me yes. Big make Road, that's my ID yes. Pull up, pull up like <laughs> Throwing gang signs, hang them in the earth <laughs> Going down, down, baby, I'm a lunatic Need a molly, just keep them on some other shit Rap and give a bad bitches, want to fuck with me Rap niggas like dyke, can't fuck I feel like Mike, Pike. Uh, all these rookies are hey. biting I got niggas oh. in the system box yeah, But they fighting oh. oh. Mike, boy, Mike, Jackson, nah, I'm But Mike. Mike. I be running through that dick. Hey. Ain't like my sight, you can cut the lights, I hope that's still seen my bright one. I can thought to yourself all my whole soul a sight You can call her what you want, she buy that ticket, she like it Ain't like my sight, son I don't call me a liar I
1: back into the press box and the tailgate crew that was a banger that was a banger yo my man q6 on the line with me also on the line with us is young scoop dude that was that was something serious right there i love the beat i love i, I loved everything about it man
6: appreciate that i got some i got records man this this new preview mix gonna be crazy like uh, it's really done i'm just recording right now because you know i I may come across another song that I might need to put on there, but right now I'm just recording. Like I said, it's pretty much done. I I got two mixtapes done right now, but I'm just still recording, seeing what I'm gonna put, make sure it flows together and everything.
1: And what's the name of this mixtape that's about to hit? That's about to hit everyone.
6: Uh, the preview. I'm looking to drop it um mid this month or towards the end of this month. But like I said, it's it's really done. But I just like to work to the last minute to see. You know, I might come across a, a gold mine at the last minute, and you know, I just want to just keep working and keep pushing and just stay in the studio. It's, it's kind of like any other job that anybody does. You know, it, 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 the more time you put into something, the better you get at it. So, like I said, I've been rapping. People don't even know I started rapping, high school and. When I was in Auburn, I was getting, you know, the, the tape recorders you recorded, the teachers on when they talk to, to take notes. Right, right. I, I used to put it by the radio and by instrumental and time it and rap over that. Like, I've been doing this for so long. Like, I had to play it on the that's tape. That, that's that's way back then. Like, if, these young guys wouldn't even know nothing about that. So, I mean, I've been putting in my work, you know, been grinding. I mean, I could have took the easy route of, running to the DJs, giving them money to pay this and pay that. But I wanted to work and grind so they could see that, you know, he is a – you know, he's grinding. He's out here trying to hustle just like everybody else because I want to go through the process as well. I don't want to take the easy,
5: route. And that's real. That's real right now. And, and,
1: and, and you know, since, you, since you're an Auburn guy, man, I mean, me and you both uh, – you, you went to school at Auburn. I mean, you have a degree from Auburn. That I mean, not a lot of people know about this, but you have a degree in sociology from from Auburn University. These kids right. that are going to school right now, if you could just give them some sort of advice as to why it's important to get an education and still uh, be that athlete.
6: Man, it, it, the thing about you know going to school and getting an education is that. It don't matter what you do, where you go at in the world. They can't take it away from you. You know, when you get that degree and you get your education, they can't take that away from you. But you could be an athlete. You could, God forbid, you could blow your knees out, shoulder, anything. The game is taken away from you. You can't do the things you used to do, but it can't steal mm-hmm. your mind. You know, as long as you still got that degree and your education. And that was my main thing. Was, like you said, I was – um. I was on academically eligible because they kept kicking out my test scores when I was coming in. So I didn't get to go to school or anything until I want to say January. So I got my degree in like three and a half years. And I told him, I was like, if I don't get my degree when the basketball season's over, I, I knew I didn't like school, but I knew I needed it to get where I needed to be at. So I was taking extra hours in the summer, 18, 24 hours in the summer, just to, I didn't even go home. I stayed in Auburn the whole time. I was in the gym and, and getting my classwork, trying to make sure that I graduated when I needed to graduate because I knew that it was more important. I mean, you know, that's the most important thing, that my mom was happy about, that I got my degree in three and a half years. A lot of people, it take them way longer than that. And I just came in. Coming from where I'm coming from, everybody has a story. But, you know, I I didn't think about college until my senior year. Because I, I didn't really know nobody from my neighborhood that really went to college. So I, that was like, college, what's that? You know, you see it on TV, but, man, I ain't going to no college. I ain't got no chance of that. And, you know, fortunate enough, my mom, she got me out of Orlando and sent me to a private school in North Carolina at Mount Zion. And, it, you know, it, it helped me to realize that, you know, it's bigger than your neighborhood. And it helped me to, yeah. you know, realize that, you know, it's other things out here that I could be doing, whether It's playing basketball, the other thing, it helped me get to my goal and and achieve my my dreams.
1: And, you know, Mount Zion Prep is actually in the shadows of Duke University in North Carolina Central, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct?
6: Right. Yeah, the Tar Heels, we used to go up there and scrimmage against those guys all the time. You know, the Vince Carters, the Jeff McGinnis, the William Avery. those guys. I mean, we was in high school playing against these guys, so it was like, Man, I can hold my own against them. These are guys that you know we seeing on TV. Or maybe I do got a chance, you know. And it, like I say, and you know, Trace McGrady went there, which is a good friend of mine from Auburndale. That you know, he helped out a lot when I was there too, you know, and mentoring me and helping me get to the next level.
1: And those are wise words from from the man that we we know now is Q6 Marquise Daniels. Any last words you want to you want to give out, like websites? uh Instagram,
6: anything like that? Uh, yeah, man. I got I got the music page the www.iamq6.com Uh dang, what's my Snapchat? My Snapchat is l6ambo Um my Twitter is Daniels. My what else i am missing? What other social network am I missing? Uh oh, Instagram. Instagram. What's my Instagram? uh, What is my Instagram? Is it Six Lambo? (laughs) Six Lambo. Lambo. Yeah, my Instagram Six Lambo. The number six L A M B O. I think that's it, man. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
5: think that's it. Young Scoop, you want to give yourself a little shout out as well? Uh, What say, bro? I said you want to give yourself a little
6: shout
1: out
5: too. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I just want to talk about my uh, Instagram and everything. Yeah. Yeah, uh you can follow me on Instagram at YoungScoop forty four, uh Twitter at Young School Y U N G S C O O P um Facebook, you know, all that good stuff. Young Scoop. Just look type me up as Young Scoop on Facebook and you'll i pop up. And and and, and and and
6: devil salute my bro Young Scoop, man. We've been posted this collabed and got things together, but I was, you know, like I was playing, I couldn't really move. But we work working now, we, we about to make things happen for sure. For and sure, Marcus, man. Yeah. I just Marcus, I just want to Marcus, shout you be out. In town this week? Uh, I think so, man. You know, I'd be if I ain't in the studio or follow my son, he played travel baseball, so we'd be everywhere with that. I'd be, you know, I I'd try to make up for as much time I miss from when I was playing basketball. I mean, go, taking them to practice, taking them to school, all that, that's fun for me. So, you know, that's that's my entertainment when I'm not, you know, working. I try to make sure I'm there for everything that my kids got going.
1: And there you have it, man. Young School, Marquise Daniels, aka Q6, check them out on their, on their Instagrams, their Facebooks, their Twitters. Everything that, that they have, they have music on, and I just want to thank both of y'all for being a part of the show, and a special war eagle to you, Marquise and Young Scoop. Hopefully, we can get we can get together again. All of us can get together again and and chop it up again. No so, no
5: That's So you know the pre the preview dropped it, so it's a must. Yeah, it's on
6: the oh, way. Yeah, it's on the way. definitely.
5: Definitely. Uh, while you're you at it, if you if
6: you want to hold something to hold you over, go get the perfect Storm. It's on that piff right now purpose storm, P-E-R-F-E-C-F-E-K-T storm and go get that right now, download that it'll hold you over for a couple of weeks <laughs> sure. and, if it, and
5: if anybody can't find it can find we, that I, I go ahead and tweet it out and put it on Facebook Instagram a few times so everybody can click the link and
1: download that alright, and I, like I said I appreciate you guys being a part of the show thanks for being in the press box with me we're going to take a quick station break We'll be right back And we're going to talk some other We're going to talk some other music
2: Black i Black, Batman, Kooky The birds in the three High lemonade soup that, folk, that nigga man, all of these whole like group. Got your main bitch, face down, beat the little bitch down, back it on up, go soup. Little friends up, been tag team on the dick, man, like Nike just do it. Told the bitch, fight down, watch can game fight down for a white girl on my team, no dress. Pitch that cool little nigga, like, woo! I'm still the man, nigga, who the fuck is you? Still got my ice on, rhyme with the top, gone 40, hold up 30, I'ma blow a big of ass off, bankroll, pressin' the motherfucker, little like a motherfucker, damn like my up money, feel like Mike Tyson, all these little niggas bitin', got my rolling super flooded, diamond striking like lightning, fool a little bitch, i all watch gon' ease up, tramp on the cool all white light, got it, hangin' out in motherfuckin' cool. i am getting get the money, I don't know about you, I feel like Mike Tyson, all these ruckus biting I got niggas in the system boxing, but they fightin', my joy, my deck, now but tight. I be running through that dick, and then like my sight. You can cut the lights out, but you still see my brightness. I can talk to yourself. Call my also soul inside. You can call her what you want, she buy that ticket, dislike Feel like my sights, none of my dog call me a liar. Young nigga trapping with a beef for 300 shit, rest in peace, one skeezer. Blue G for the skeezer. Cross time whole shit, well known either. Screams be the OG Pojo. Trapping out of the circle with a Glock 4 03 45 100 on sneakers. Walking on blood, FN, little nigga. You don't want beef, little nigga. Hey, everybody can't, little nigga. Talking too much, you ain't a killer. Got a bedroom filled up with chops. Timmy auto handgun got out. Feels perk lean like, who shot but nigga, I don't play with him. No peace, so I'm going back and forth with him. run R- 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 through shit, niggas know me. Big bank road, that's my ID. Yes. Pull up, pull up like Doing <laughs> gang signs, hang him in the earth. <laughs> going down, down, baby, I'm a lunatic. Needle my lady, speak them on some other shit. Rapin giving bad bitch, wanna fuck with me. Rap niggas like Dyke, can't fuck. I feel like Mike, Pike, said uh, all these rugged biking. I got niggas in the system boxed in, but they fightin'. Mike, boy, Mike, that's not a type. I be runnin' through that dick, actin' like Mike Sites. Keepin' cut the lights so out, bitch, you still see my wife. Right. I can stop to yourself, all my hoes so excited. You can call her what you want, she buy that ticket, she like it. feel like Mike Tyson, Son of a man, me a liar, bitch. you know And join hell and get this tiger pop. Nick Marshall might just go soon that they hike it off. Yeah. Or get that thing to Corey Grant. I bet huh? he taking out. Trey Mason might that come straight out.
1: Back into the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. It's a great interview. Thanks. Thank you to Marquis Daniels, aka Q6, and also Young School for being a part of the show today. Now we're gonna get into some sports and some breaking news that happened uh, last night and also this morning. Uh, Tiger Woods has announced that he's not gonna compete in the Masters this year, citing his back injury. I kind of figured that was gonna happen, but you know we have to report it because this is what we do—we report stuff. But the one thing that I want that I wanna talk about is this morning about seven AM it was released well yeah, seven AM it was released that Daniel Cormier has decided to drop out of the UFC one ninety seven by about with John Jones, which is highly anticipated, which is probably gonna be a record number of buys. My thing is I, I don't even know what to even think of some of these guys anymore. I mean, yeah, I mean it may have been a serious leg injury, but for you to drop out of the out of the fight three weeks before the fight happens, and also because you thought John Jones wasn't going to be wasn't going to be there, I think that I think that's part of it. I I like DC I like DC as a as a fighter. I like him as a commentator, but. I actually think that he's actually pretty scared of. I think he's pretty scared of John Jones, or that he wasn't dropping the weight like he should be dropping. I mean, it, it, all of it makes sense to me. What happens if it hap- if it happened? But the thing about about MMA and the thing about fighting is you have to be prepared for anything, and obviously Cormier was not prepared, so. I'm going to put it out there like that, but you know, it is what it is, you know, and, and (laughs) we all, we often talk about a lot of things that, that fighters do a lot of things that other sports people do. I mean, take for instance, the whole Adrian Bronner situation, you just squandered probably a $20 million payday. Because you were going to fight the winner You were going to fight at 47 And you probably were going to get that big money fight That you've been dreaming about with Floyd Mayweather But you, you decided to be 3 pounds overweight You decide to not do what you're supposed to do And it gets you in trouble I I don't understand it I, I, it, it makes no sense to me anymore Of what some of these. Combat sports athletes are doing. Case in point. um, Kimbo Slice. And. And Ken Shamrock. I mean both of these guys had. Just. Insane amounts of steroids. In their system. Which were legal steroids. In their system. Which makes. That whole Bellator card. For me, even more mute in the way that it was played out. mean um, so that's just a little that's just a little little something I had to throw out. There. I had to get that off my chest, but you know, <laughs> I don't know, man, I don't know. But the final four is coming up tonight. The and again, you know, last night watching a little bit of basketball. You know, the Hawks lost. The Cavaliers actually won a game, actually finished the game. So and then the Warriors lost. They lost to Boston last night, 109-106. Yes. Yes. So their record is now sixty eight and eight. And they'll be going for win sixty nine on Monday, which will still be on TNT, because TNT still wants that wants that distinction of being the the network that shows the 70th win of the Golden State Warriors they're going to get 70 wins they're going to get 73 wins it's just a matter of if and when they have 8 games left you know they can finish 8 and 2 in this stretch and still have 73 wins so still tie the record but you know that's just the way that goes, but Steph and Clay had a pretty off, pretty off night. And stepping into the press box right now is uh is my brother DJ EA, and uh, I need to ask you a question. How did you like those Celtics last night? How did you like those Celtics last night? <laughs> I mean, game all right, I mean, yeah. I, I'm just saying, man. I mean, how can you, how can you discount this? Well, okay, you're right. But they make, they're gonna make the
5: playoffs this year. They're gonna yeah, be a I six mean, seed. I knew that was coming though. But this whole season been to me. Yeah,
1: surprise me. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say that it, it didn't surprise them that that the Celtics beat the Warriors, considering what happened earlier in the season in Boston, yeah, the double-overtime victory. But it, it kind of surprised me in the sense that it happened in Oracle. You would have thought that it would have happened in, in Boston. Yeah,
5: I mean, I was probably going to be at home,
1: too. But, you know, yeah, I thought Chelsea was win the
3: first game.
5: Anyway. Dude, are you – uh, they They're going to get everything, you know,
1: right? the double-overtime, you know. Dude, are you dancing with a dog? She with me. <laughs> Come on, man! You can't be dancing with a dog in the press box. And he's gonna walk away with the dog. Um, on that note, <laughs> we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. <laughs> I know. I'm. That really bothers me about the week in sports is that we have what we call a snitch in the air. And in prison, so I'm going to put this out there right now before I say this in prison, they say snitches get stitches. And D'Angelo. Russell, boy, if it was anybody else, you got beat up by now. Your maturity level is that of a 12 year old. Why would you sit up there and record somebody secretly about their sex life and put that out there on Vine? Why would you do that? The better question is, is. How how young are you? I mean what is your mind what what is how are you in mind? Because only someone who is of a preteen prepubation age would say some would do the things that you did. Now I for one think that you just committed career suicide because one Nobody in the locker room is, gonna, is going to trust you ever again. Two, no one in the locker room is going to want to be your roommate again. So you might as well you might as well on the road you might as well be by yourself. And three, and most importantly, and let's let's be for real about this. Why would you? Why would you even mess with the integrity of someone else's relationship? Is it because you like? you bite her butt or is it because you think she's cute and you think you have a chance with her or is it because you just dumb and don't have nothing else better to do except cause drama. I mean, these are, these are a lot of the questions that a lot of people won't ask, won't answer. You say you feel absolutely sick. You should feel sick. You should feel stupid for for doing the things that you did, but you know, who am I to judge? I've done some dumb stuff in my lifetime as well, but nothing on this level. I mean, do you respect the code? Do you respect Do you respect anything about the code? Obviously, you don't, because if you did, you wouldn't you wouldn't do the things that you did. I understand that you're 21 years. I understand that you're 20 years old, but when your own coach comes out and says he expects you to be more mature than what you are. That should tell you something right there That should make you feel Like hey A click click Something has to change or B I need to do something different with my life Since you don't see things in that in that way Or in that context Oh well It's your funeral Let's
5: give the funeral possession To your career
1: so, coming up in the net, in the next ten minutes, I'm gonna have a spe- very special guest online with us, Audrey Gunther of of com and Who She's gonna be talking to us about her Final Four predictions and her insights in in regards to the Final Four. And we're also gonna also gonna you know jump back into some other things um, for the hour. And and also, I want to give a special shout out to to my to my homegirl Attire Bridges who won the Opelika Auburn Area Player of the Year Award for the girls this year. And she's also a finalist for the two way Player of the Year in the state of Alabama. Um which will be announced which will be announced sometime this week. So congratulations to Miss Bridges. Her father LaFranco, me and him go way back. So big shout outs to y'all and Leilani. I mean Leilani, congratulations to you as well for for raising such a great kid. Um like I say I've known both of these I've known both of the both her parents for for a number of years now, grew up with her father and I guess I'm a proud uncle, so if you wanna put it in that in, in that perspective. But we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. Audrey Gunther's gonna be with us, so stay tuned.
5: the are still searching for this truth, yeah.
2: Hey, what you doing, man? Uh.
0: Hey, your world is living in it. Maybe I could get away. Yeah. Uh. Boston, Massachusetts. Home with the pride of music. Woo, Woo. Hey. Through the minds of men, I can get away. <laughs> through the diamond men, I can get away. Hey, these each crib away. I can get away. Yeah. I'm chilled out, loose ends. Still pushing more driving in new beds. Still gotta say aim for the loose ends. Betting fools, I can pay dues to my two ends. <laughs> uh, I'm hippie paint to your gray world. Black and white through the crowd like they were. They showin' true color when you take away the pigment. When you take away the difference in it. Uh, Blasting it all, rivet. i flying with no engine. They run it with all gimmicks. Right about the blue, like a Scott Stay back, they call like a Sky Bell. Faded in the mind. A nine-five product of the time. Soon navigate the new direction for the blind. 24-7, battle get time with a 617 on the side. Let him ride. I hear Cali for the in and out Got the normal scene on a different route So they wonder what the kid about me him from the fuse, never know until you live it out 90 minute winning from records that I was checking on Living by the minute, don't gotta capture the image Ain't it dag, how me and music could get along New control mood, switch it with a different song And said he on the level drop Dance gonna hit him like a chill pill pop Prime game pacing at the L-Kids jack. I love it for what it is, hate hey, it for what it's not I'm no ass go back us not y- Alright, not them. No. 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 with the lights on my own I set the stage. through the balance of the tones, I get away the uh-huh. Through the the I could get away I, not, I, yeah. I can get away. I know I'm trying to get away. I ain't on a getaway. Uh, new fellas ain't rocking in. Uh, same bitch just dropping in. Uh, why you sound like rockin' there Well, can't beat a better jacket than the lights on my own. I get away. New vibe, new stage, new life, new game, new price. same vision, new height. If I can get away, that I can get away. Like I'm feeling on a Illinois getaway. Get See the battle break.
3: man he lets yourself wealthy set to man he lets yourself wealthy set to man he lets yourself milk set to man he lets yourself broken and
1: Welcome back into the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. That was a little trap called Quest with the electric relaxation. Now, got got a special guest in the Press Box today, and she is no stranger to the Tailgate Crew. She is my friend, my my confidant, my fellow... My fellow writer, and check her out at PressSources.com and ChatSports.com. The very, very smart, beautiful, Audrey Gunther. Welcome to the press box.
7: Thank you for the introduction. Thanks for having me.
1: And we're just gonna jump right into it. The Final Four, the Final Four today. Big time Final Four. Two ACC schools, Big Twelve school. And Villanova, um, just just give me your insights on what you think will happen in these two games.
7: Sure. Well, I'm happy because I this is like I got the Final Four right at least last week when we talked briefly. Um, but it's it's going to be a like you said it's a huge matchup. I think coaching wise too, this is an incredible assortment of coaches. Um, I think. With Villanova and Oklahoma, Villanova has, has to put pressure on Buddy. That's the only way that they're going to stop him. But, I mean, no team, no team has been able to do that during this tournament. The closest I think we've seen that happen was during the Big 12 tournament with West Virginia shutting him down. But I think Villanova is pretty offensively sound. Like we talked about this before, they're both two very complete teams. They have a lot of weapons. So it's going to be a really fun matchup. Um, I think I I hate to say it. I think Oklahoma's going to edge them. I I think Buddy's too good right now. Like he's been so hot this whole tournament. I don't I don't see that stopping anytime soon.
1: The big question is with Villanova. We know that they like to they like to play the three two zone a lot. Yeah. Will they go Will they go man in this game, as opposed to playing the zone? I know Jay Wright's a zone guy, but. Would you I mean, go I'm man? Feel
7: like they have to. I think uh, I think any team has to try.
1: And but that, that, uh, I
7: mean what they're doing is working for them though.
1: This is true. This is very true.
7: But in this
1: context, you all you also know that in Lon Kruger's interview what he said a lot of his offense revolves around Buddy. So that would that would be the antithesis to have them run the man a lot more than they do the zone, but with low post presence, whereas Oklahoma doesn't. Mm -hmm. So that could be the – that could make everything equal out in that sense and also neutralize Buddy.
7: Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people are just kind of not really giving Villanova any credit but, yeah, like you said, they – I mean, offensively, they have a lot of different options, I think. And defense – they have one of the best defenses. I was like um, – when I was writing my article for, for sources, I was looking it up. They like—they well, only allow 63 points per game. And I know that – I mean, that's mostly playing in the Big East, so it's not anything compared to the Big 12. But, I mean, they they have a pretty solid defense. I think they're going to be fine. I think they definitely need to hold or even neutralize Buddy, though, because when he – like we saw with Oregon, when he goes off, he goes off.
1: This is true. This is very true.
7: And this –
1: I think this is this is the headliner game, but they're playing it early. They're playing it at 6 o'clock when it should be the 8 o'clock game as opposed to North Carolina-Syracuse, which I like in North Carolina – in this in this game, but at the same time, we've seen strange things happen. And oh yeah. So, but I, I still have to go with North Carolina, even though I don't want to go with North Carolina because I'm a Duke fan. But, I
7: hate both of them.
1: I mean, and this <laughs> is this is a true this is a true story. Um, but I. I I like North Carolina. I like what they have in the backcourt. I love what they have down low. They, that motion offense that they run is, is, just, is really, really good. And I would rather see North Carolina in, in the final against a good Villanova or a good Oklahoma team, good test, because they haven't been tested much, if at all, because – you have an Indiana team that's not quite the Indiana team of old, even though they won the Big Ten, the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and you had you had a less than not a really good Kentucky team that you played in the Sweet Sixteen. So, even though there were glamour matchups, you really didn't have the level of competition that they had, you know, beforehand.
7: Yeah, and I think the ACC in general during the regular season at least was a little bit weaker than we've seen in the past. So I I agree with you on that. I would like to see. I would really really like to see them go against Oklahoma, honestly, because I think I mean I think right, right now out of the four teams in the tournament, UNC is the best, but I think Oklahoma could easily fight them for that. Just how Buddy's been playing is phenomenal.
1: And this is true, and and if you could. I mean, let, let's look at this in 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 a perspective that, say, North Carolina beats Syracuse and Villanova beats Oklahoma. Who has the edge in that matchup, North Carolina or Villanova? I
7: think the I think something like that it goes back to experience, and I would almost say UNC, just because they have been in this position so many times. I mean, this is Villanova's first Final Four since 2009, um, and this is, like, the first time we really see them emerge in the tournament. They're, they're, I mean, they're kind of notorious for struggling, and I know people talked about what would happen to Jay Wright if this tournament, they had a really good regular season, and they were constantly ranked, and then they fell apart. Um I mean, clearly, we're not worried about that. But I just think UNC know like knows how it goes and knows how March works. But I mean, we said that about Michigan State too, and they didn't win a game. So
1: this is true. I mean,
7: they're they're yeah. both very UNC is a very complete team too. Even Syracuse, I haven't really watched them too much, and I'm not the biggest Syracuse fan, and I'm not necessarily sure if I agree with the committee's choice. But I mean, you can't. They're in the Final Four. I mean, that's that speaks for itself.
1: I would definitely agree. And if you look at the flip side with that, if you had Villanova and Syracuse, I would definitely give the edge to Villanova. Oh, yeah. Because because of what they have down low, as opposed to what Syracuse doesn't have down low. Syracuse is not a complete team. And again, I, I don't agree with, with Syracuse being in the tournament either, but they've made themselves – Viable again, just yeah. by the, just by having this run, so it it's a it's a very difficult thing to say.
7: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the bracket now and looking at who. I mean, they beat they beat UVA. You can't take that away from them.
1: And, and they and beat a like, good Gonzaga team.
7: Yeah, and those like those are two good quality wins, and I mean. They, I think also with the Syracuse team being an ACC matchup, they both know – they're both familiar with how the other one plays. I mean, it's – I think – well, actually, I'm pretty sure Villanova played Oklahoma earlier this year. Yeah, Oklahoma Villanova Oklahoma
1: played State. Oklahoma. They did play them, right? Oklahoma, yeah, and Oklahoma Very beat early. them soundly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah,
7: that's another – that was Villanova's another... first loss, actually. Right. I don't remember correctly. Okay, so, I mean – so yeah, they both played each other. I just I think so with Syracuse and UNC, they're more familiar just because they play each other more than Villanova will play Oklahoma. Right. And
1: with the and with the conference schedule flipping next year, Syracuse and North Carolina will actually play twice next year, as opposed to the one time that they played this year. So that that's a <laughs> little that's a little bit of a food for thought there as well.
7: That'll be interesting.
5: Very interesting. The
7: UNC is UNC is losing their seniors. I mean, I Syracuse is losing Tyler Cooney. and I think that's it. Finally, yeah. after what feels like 20 years, people talk I about mean, Barry Ellis being there for a while. I mean, I feel like Tyler Cooney's been there equally as long.
1: <laughs> this is this is true. This is very <laughs> true. And you know, we look at if we, we look at it from that standpoint. I mean. You look at Buddy Hill and he's been at Oklahoma four, year, four years
7: and it doesn't feel like that at all. I feel I feel like
1: Exactly he because he boxes. because he hit the scene last year, you know, in that tournament mm-hmm. run that they had last year. But this year I think he kind of put himself on that map, especially in especially in the game uh, the SEC Big 10, Big 12 Challenge. At LSU, where he had just a standout game against Ben Simmons in the LSU team, and we also talk about Ben Simmons as well. But I mean, getting in terms of of the tournament and the draft picks, I mean, Buddy Hill has just he's played his way into a lottery spot, just with what he's done, and he's also won the Naismith Player of the Year award, which was announced last night, if I'm not mistaken.
7: Oh, oh, he did one good because I know um, Valentine won for the AP, right? Player of the Year. Good, he good for him. Um, I don't understand how he's not the number one overall at this point in time because I mean it's still Ben Simmons, but like you said, they went up against each other, and yes, Oklahoma is a more complete team, but he's just I think like NBA teams need to look at how playing in the tournament is different than regular than regular season. Obviously, there's way more riding on you, and he's, met like, met that pressure and exceeded everyone's expectations, I think. Like, and the fact that he can grow during this tournament, I think, speaks a lot of his ability, like, to play basketball, and I think that that's going to be huge going to the NBA. So I don't understand how he's not the number one. I mean, I personally think he should be the number one pick over Simmons, but...
1: I mean, but when you have lottery teams like like the Lakers, who will be a lottery team next year.
7: Sixers. The
1: Sixers, who will be a lottery team next year. I mean, you almost want him not to be in those lottery spots. You, you want him to go to a veteran team or have one of those teams trade up to get him. Like, say, for instance, the Bulls, who may or may not make the playoffs, or the Pistons, who have a good nucleus of veteran talent, and and um, you, you don't want to see him at one of those teams and he gets burned out or his flame gets burned out because he's having to carry a team.
7: No. I, don't, I mean, I wouldn't want to see that for him either. I would love for him to learn under a veteran and be able to just to be a phenomenal NBA player. But I also think if he's in that position, which he's more than likely going to be, where he is carrying a team, uh, he can handle it more so than Ben Simmons.
1: Uh, and, And in this age of free agency, I mean, if he does go to one of these lottery teams and one of these lottery teams actually decides to go out and get a veteran like a LeBron James, who will probably go into free agency, like a Kevin Durant, who will be in free agency. If if he could go to, say, for instance, I mean, I actually like Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota has a young nucleus, but they also got veteran talent around that young yeah. nucleus as well. So I think he'd be a perfect fit for Minnesota, more so than anyone, anyone else. Marcus Page, Tyler Uless, I mean, a lot of these – Players who are coming out, a lot of these juniors that are coming out, they would be good fits for those teams as well. But I just, I, I like Buddy, and I like Buddy Healed. I like, I like what he, what he stands for, and he got his, and he's going to graduate in May with a degree. So that, that makes it even that much sweeter for him.
7: Yeah, he definitely. You can tell he's definitely a, a kid who has good people in his life that are helping him out with like making these kind of decisions. Hey, I, like, even, like, being obviously, like, and not a big Oklahoma fan, but, I mean, ha, there's no way you can't love him and you can't love what he's doing. He's been so fun to watch.
1: I mean, and I like the West Virginia trio as well. I mean, I know two of them are seniors. One of them has declared but hasn't signed an agent, if, I'm, if I have that correct.
7: Yeah, Devin Williams declared, but I don't think he's going to sign. I don't really agree with him declaring right away right now, but I know he i know it's i think it's more financial if i from what I gathered than anything but he he's smart not signing an agent, so hopefully if he's not drafted, he'll be back but i and i'm I don't know about Jay Sean page or um Jonathan Holland. I don't think either one of them have declared yet if they're going to.
1: And I really hope that Jayson Page does not declare because he was so much fun to watch in that in that Big 12 tournament, especially in in the Big 12 final where he just had a standout game defensively. He didn't score as many points as he wanted to to win that game against Kansas, but the showing that he gave throughout that tournament and throughout the season as a whole, it gives you hope and it gives you promise for Bob Huggins and that team next year.
7: Yeah, I think we also – we had a little bit of injuries too, so we're having some players come back. I think it's going to be really – just I I love Jay Sean Page. Like, I think he's a really dynamic player offensively and defensively, and I think that's going to be really difficult for us to fill that void. But – and, I mean, if Devin Williams doesn't come back and Jonathan Holton, those are three key pieces – to our press and, I mean, to our team. So, that's going to be tough. But, I mean, he can recruit. He Just like with UNC losing their seniors, they can recruit. Like, they'll be fine. And I'm sure we will be. Even if next year isn't the best year for us, we'll bounce back.
1: And with the Big, with the big 12 adding in two new coaches, the Stephen F. Austin head coach heading to Oklahoma State, SMU – I'm um, sorry, TCU getting a new head coach,
7: and Jamie Dixon, I
1: mean, yeah, that's TCU's. I mean, this is this was very, very, very big for the Big Twelve in terms of basketball, and it's getting to where, where the commissioner Bob Boldly, wants it to be. He wants it to be a basketball slash football slash baseball conference, and it's there. With these two hires, it's there because they can recruit nationally, and they're going to get in some great, great players as well. And Oklahoma State already had a great recruiting class coming in next year with three good mm-hmm. recruits, but TCU is now going to put themselves on the on the landscape because they have a new arena, and they have they have Jamie Dixon, who is a TCU graduate. So, just very excited to see what what that holds there as well. Yeah,
7: I am too. I mean, we West Virginia and have a huge rivalry so everyone freaked out when they made the jamie dixon hire but he i mean he holds his weight as a head coach i think i i think any head coach that was around during the old Big East has a reputation of being a solid coach and he, the fact that he went there too i like that um i was a little surprised with the um the Stephen f austin hire just because i thought he would stick around one more year but I mean, good for him. He's a really good coach, and it's going to be great to see him be able to be coaching in a power conference.
1: And I think that he'll bring he'll bring in that. I mean, he he gave Stephen F. Austin the swagger over the last three years, and I actually got to watch a lot of Stephen F. Austin games over the last two years with Thomas Walker. Um. I think he's gonna bring that similar type of intensity. I mean he's he's still got he's still got Phil Forte back and he'll get he'll get some big men back who were injured as well. So
7: Yeah, him being back is gonna be huge.
1: Yes. And the Big 12 is gonna be wide open again next year. But
7: Yeah, I agree.
1: But with Texas, I mean Texas, Texas Tech, I mean, you got so many great teams in the Big Twelve. And then you look at the a c c are they back N- no, maybe, yes, maybe, I mean, you look at the SEC. are they are they going to climb back into that Yes, no, maybe, you look at the pac twelve who just got simply destroyed in the tournament they except for have- the lights of Oregon you know can they, they take get destroyed. I mean, can they take that similar Type of toll will, will that make them a better power conference? I mean, all these questions will be will be seen next year. But in that regards, does the Big East? Do we give them or or the American? Do we give them that power? Make them a six a six major conference, or do we leave them as mid majors? With the way that that both conferences have played, I mean,
7: I think I think the out of the power conferences, the Pac-12 has a lot has the most work to do for next year, and this is like what happened with the Big 12 last year when we had all of our schools kind of fall out in the uh, rounds of one and two, or the rounds of 64, 32, and that's I mean. I don't really know. I'm curious to see how that's gonna work because no, like how you I mean they don't they just don't play tough teams. So I don't know how like you you can't really fix that. Um I think Amer- American had a really good show in the tournament and like especially UConn being I mean, they got stopped short but I think UConn had a pretty good run. Um here I'm looking at the bracket now. And like uh, what would you what would you consider for like the A10 American, would you want to keep them as a mid, or do you, would you want to do a power six? I
1: I would I would like to do a power six, especially in in basketball as opposed to football, because mm-hmm. if you look at the six conferences who who brought in the most teams, the A10 had the A10 I think had what, four teams in yeah they did. in the tournament and. The Big East had three teams in the tournament. The West Coast Conference should have had three, maybe four teams. I mean, so you kind of have to you have to add one of those one of those conferences in as well. I mean, it's just the way that it has to be to bring parity back. I mean, you have the scholarship limitations, but Bring in a fourth con bring in a sixth conference, I think that it would it would balance itself out again.
7: So you would go I so just like to make sure I got it. I so you would go with A ten being the sixth in our hypothetical scenario over American?
1: Uh and see that that's <laughs> a good question. I mean I I would I actually If you look at it from the traditional standpoint, I would, I would, you would have to go with the American because that's just the old Big East. Yeah. And I would, I would rather have something that's traditional as opposed to what would be a top tier FCS conference being a part of the Power Six. So I would would rather have the American as a part of that.
7: Yeah, I think Amer- the American does have the history
1: too behind it. So I mean, like the
7: other power conferences do.
1: I I would agree, and you look at I mean, and you look at some of the some of the te- some of the schools that are in that are in the American that have somewhat good basketball programs, and not so much on the football side, but. I mean, Central Florida starting to get starting to wrap itself around being in the American, and they're starting to go out and get better talent. Um, South Florida is starting to get better talent, and then of course UConn's the status quo in that conference, among others. So I mean, it, and Houston's got a pretty good team as well with SMU. So you, you got you got a lot of good good schools in that conference as opposed to what you have in the A-10 or the Big East.
7: Yeah, I agree. If they would want to be a Power Six, though, they do. I think they would need to bring in a couple more schools. I mean, I think the Big 12 needs more schools first, but I'd like to see them have more. I think eventually there's literally just going to be like five conferences and all of the good schools are just going to be spread out amongst them
1: and and you're right and you know you look at it from that standpoint i mean it's all going to be just broken down into regional conferences anyway i mean the northeast the south the the pretty much the south from florida to texas and then the west with the Pac-12 schools utah and colorado and then whatever's left in whatever's left in the middle so that's what, I mean, that's what we're looking at unless the NCAA actually buckles down and do the things that they want to do in regards mm-hmm. to to parity and all this good other good stuff. Because, I mean, all these super conferences is going to cause us nothing, but those schools that are in those conferences to come and be repeat offenders, quote-unquote, in tournaments, whether it's football, gymnastics, Basketball, whatever, what have you? So I mean that—that's the catch twenty-two and all this.
7: It's so there's so many. Sorry, there's just so it's it sounds a lot easier. Like whenever we were, we both are always like, oh, just throw like Houston in the Big Twelve. But yeah, I mean, it's probably like the reality is it's so hard. It's like you said. There's
1: so many different factors, unfortunately. I mean, and, and then it's the, it's not it's not even it's not even that it's the influx of the TV money, you know, the conferences mm-hmm. having, you know, their own TV deals and things of that nature, you know. Well, yeah, like and yeah, we now we've talked
7: the, about. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, no. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I know we we've like talked about Notre Dame a little bit, and they're but they're never gonna leave what their nice setup is because they make so much money off of football and being it right. for football.
1: I mean in in a lot of their sports, especially their Olympic sports, they're spread across like three different conferences. I mean their basketball is the basketball, baseball is in the A C C hockey is going to the Big Ten next year. Um they have a wrestling program that's going to be in the Big Twelve next year. I mean, so it See, I, mean,
7: I don't like that. I don't think you should be able to pick and choose I get the I get that why they're independent for football, but I don't like that they can just pick and choose where they want what to go.
1: Right. I mean and they're leaving I mean they're leaving hockey east next they're leaving hockey east after this season to join the Big Ten hockey conference. Which makes sense geographically, but when your wrestling team is actually going to go to the Big 12 instead of going to the Mac because to the Mac or the Big 10 or even the ACC because the ACC does sponsor wrestling, it doesn't make Mm -hmm. any kind of sense.
7: No, not at all. That sucks for the athletes too. I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, Notre Dame can't be that far from West Virginia. I mean, it's still it still it's got to be far, but it can't be like awful. But no, yeah, it mean, can't like, be like or that when awful to to
1: either. Oklahoma? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, so that that that's the dilemma that you know they want to play and in, 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 they want to have high level competition, but when they had a the chance to join the Big Ten before the NBC contract, they didn't go after it. So, I mean. I, I I never understood the the thought behind what Notre Dame does.
7: No, I mean they do it all for money. I mean all the schools do. It's not just the Notre Dame thing, and it's like we we've talked about it all the time. I think everyone knows that college sports is just a huge business, and they're just doing what they can. I just I don't think a lot of schools are willing or I mean, I don't think a lot of schools get that kind of, like, offer that Notre Dame does, like, and are are able to move their programs around around to whatever is the best for them. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that. That's so confusing.
1: I mean, and then then not only that, when you look at the contract that they have with Under Armour, I mean, Under Armour is giving them so much money in regards to equipment and everything and paying them – I think it's, um twelve and a half million dollars a year to wear Under Armour products. I mean, and then you look at the other contracts that are that are coming about with that, you know, Miami with the Adidas contract that they have, Michigan with their new contract that they will have with with Nike. I mean
7: everything that Oregon does ever
1: <laughs> everything that Oregon does and the thing about what the Oregon is is Oregon is probably the small the smallest they get paid the least out of all the Nike schools paid like two and a half million dollars a year just to wear Nike stuff but they get everything they want from Nike and you know, Texas is going into their new Nike deal where they'll be getting paid like $12.5 million a year. Michigan, again, 16, $17 million next year to wear Jordan products. They're not even going to be wearing Nike products. All of their programs are going to be wearing Jordan um, Jordan brands, so even the football team. So that that in itself just makes this – Almost, I mean, dare I say, professional-like? Oh, I
7: mean, yeah. No, it's definitely a professional-like business arrangement.
1: So, I mean, I, I don't I, – and, I, I mean, I love the fact that some of these schools are going back to Nike, going back to Nike, especially a school like, like Michigan, who traditionally wore Nike. And that's when they had their best years athletically. And if you look at it across the board, football the last fifteen years, the last sixteen years actually, fourteen of the sixteen national champions in football have won Nike products, the exception being Auburn and um Auburn and Nebraska. I mean, well, that's in the last twenty years. Those are those are the only two non-Nike brand schools that have won national championships in football.
7: Really, I didn't know that.
1: This is true. I mean, and then you look at you look at basketball. There's only been, uh, I think, like three non. None of Nike schools that have won, and one of those was Kansas, and the other was um I can't remember the other one. I think it was UCLA. So I mean, you, there's so much there's so much parity between what the Nike schools bring and what the Adidas schools bring, and I think now that the Adidas now that the that Adidas is starting to throw their money around and throw their weight around, you're starting to see some of that parity kind of change and switch a little bit. So And
7: Adidas is also getting is more I feel like Adidas is more of a popular brand now than ever too.
1: This is true. This is true with I the retro brands and yes, Yeah. well and yes.
7: with Jesus and all that. And I think they are starting to realize that and that's why they're more willing to throw money around.
1: And and that's a good and and that's a good thing for the consumer. And for the athlete that goes that decide to go to those schools, but will it equate to success on the field? I think that's that's the next question.
7: I mean, I think it depends on what schools they, like, continue, they sign with and they continue to sign for. I mean, like, I know we're a Nike school and basketball and football, we haven't seen an over, like, an overly amount of success or anything. So, I don't know. I'm always, like, hesitant to think whether, like, that matters, I know Nike has i think Nike was getting into like college sponsorships more so than the other brands from an early from earlier on, and that's part of why they have so much weight in college sports for sponsorships but yeah this, I mean, is they, true. You,
1: this is very true but, I mean go ahead, I'm sorry
7: <laughs> no, you're fine i just i think schools are re- like reluctant to like i mean you're not gonna say no to whatever major corporation wants to sponsor your school. I just think Nike was smarter or not. I mean, not smarter, but I think Nike was smart about it at the time.
1: This is true. Knew
7: that this is going to be a business.
1: I, and I agree. And, and I definitely agree with that. And, you know, speaking of the other contracts, Wisconsin goes into their, into their new contract with Under Armour, um, where they'll be getting paid, uh, million. I mean, so uh, there's so much money being infused into these programs. You know, we've talked about the stipends. Should they start getting stipends now since you have all this influx of money coming in from shoe manufacturers and boosters as a whole?
7: I mean, my opinion on stipend and paying college athletes is Kind of just kind been the same, I think. Um, okay. um I don't know. I, don't I know. think that a stipend yeah. when they're, done with, they're done with school, school. makes sense, but I don't think they should be getting like an hourly like wage or anything like that. But I do think that they should be able to union. athletes should be able to unionize and be able to fight for things like better health care for when they're done with their college careers.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and and I agree with you on that. And you know this is this is you know the root of all the issues that the NCAA is having is because they're making so much money off the athlete but none of the athletes are getting rewarded for it. I mean they look at it as if the reward that they should have is the degree that they that they're gonna walk out of school with. And a lot of those athletes don't walk out with degrees.
7: Yeah, I think that needs to change too. I think, like, I mean, look at Buddy Heels. Like we talked, we talked about this two weeks ago. I think, like, but like you said, Buddy's graduating with a degree. Um, UNC seniors graduating with a degree. Like, it just it needs to be like something that's put in an athlete's head more that it's okay to do four years and get a degree clear for the draft. Because I I hate Kentucky's system. Of one and done. I hate, like, I hate how they do that.
1: I mean, all, every player in that program actually declared for the draft this year.
7: Yeah. And it's crazy because, I mean, they all only play for, like, what, like two years max at Kentucky anyway. So it's not like they have any time to build, like, a chemistry or a bond or anything like that.
1: You know, and I think Tyler Eulis is the only one that stayed longer than two years. I think he actually played three years. But, I mean, that doesn't make it any better if you look at it from yeah, that like, standpoint.
7: No, and that's, like, and that's why I really like, don't enjoy watching Kentucky basketball either because it's just individual players. And they haven't had, like, someone like Buddy who's that much fun to watch as an individual, I think, at least in a little while.
1: I agree. I agree. And, you know, I don't watch much SEC basketball at all because it's always, at one point, it was always Kentucky or Florida on TV. You never saw any other school except Kentucky or Florida on TV. Or you may have saw a South Carolina game if you got lucky, or you may have gotten to see, um, (laughs) I mean, you may have gotten to see, Tennessee on on, on the air a couple times, you know, if you got lucky, but I just I I could not get, I can't get into SEC basketball like I can the Big 12 or the ACC and that's simply because I I just, I love the atmospheres in those arenas as opposed to the SEC arenas.
7: I agree. I I think the only SEC team I can really watch is Texas A&M. And like that, and that's why, I don't know. I feel like big, going back to quickly, Big 12 adding teams, A&M, they have so many Texas teams already, but I think A&M would be a great. But I really like how that program's run, especially this year. They were great. I was happy that they were top. Like, I mean, they were leading the SEC more so than Kentucky pretty much all season.
1: Right. It was an, it I was mean, an exchange. I mean, and you know, I, I like the fact that you have – schools like Missouri and, and Texas A and M in the SEC. And they both left they both left the, the Big Twelve at a time where the Big Twelve wasn't really I don't wanna say not viable anymore. I don't wanna say that because that's not the good word. But I guess a better word to use is they left while the Big Twelve was down and struggling. To keep schools there,
7: yeah, I mean, I think I think right now if they were to try and come back and be a good fit, especially with how much the Big Twelve has grown and how it it has transformed more into a basketball conference than football, but they do have the football program to compete with, like with um, like Oklahoma and Texas, those kind of teams. But I completely agree with you about SEC basketball. It's not as enjoyable.
1: So, getting back to the Final Four now, if you had to pick in, in these two games, the Final and your champion, who would you who would you pick to play in, in the national championship game, and who would be the national champion?
7: Um, I think it's going to be Oklahoma, but i think it's going to be a really close game. And then i think it's going to be UNC. But at the same time, i kind of want Syracuse to win just because they've had such an awesome run, i guess. If you, i mean, if you look at this they're the first 10 seed to make it into the final four, so that's awesome. And then i think if it comes down to Oklahoma and UNC, then i think Oklahoma is more of a complete team.
1: I I have to agree with you on that, and you know, I would love to see a biggie school like Villanova beat Oklahoma, but at the same time, I would love to see an ACC Big Twelve matchup simply because those are the that's the class of of the conferences in basketball this year. You know, Mm -hmm. no matter how many teams they both got in. Th- those are the two best conferences in basketball. I mean, you I even even over the big, even over the Pac twelve got more teams than anybody in. So Which um,
7: we were in mission.
1: Yes. And the aforementioned, you know, they got annihilated. So I mean <laughs> um so I would love to see North Carolina. I would love to see Oklahoma in this game. And again you know, it's like you said, buddy is a little bit too much. But I, I'm kind of torn on 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 this game on the Villanova Oklahoma game from the standpoint of can Oklahoma deal with the down low post presence that Villanova brings that they haven't seen much in this tournament run. That that's the bigger question that that we had that I have. But I like Oklahoma, though. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to go with North Carolina. And I think I'm going to go with Oklahoma as well. But it's just like you said, this game is so close to call because they do things so much better in the opposite way.
7: Yeah. No, I agree. And I think – I mean, I think that's going to, like, trip them up at first initially. But I think Buddy is just too strong of an individual player yeah, I mean, if they can shut him down and he can't score, then that's awesome. But he can score from from everywhere. So, um, I just I think true. he's – I really do think he's the best player in college basketball and that he's leading this – he's going to lead this Oklahoma team to a championship.
1: Wow. So, Oklahoma, so you're um, picking Oklahoma to win the national championship. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it.
4: I, I
7: mean, I'm, ha- I'm happy. I want the Big 12 to win it, too, obviously, for, like, selfish Big 12 student purposes. But, I just, <laughs> I mean, Oklahoma's just done so well, and I think that they've – I mean, they've had a pretty easy path, but they have been – I mean, even when they're a little sluggish, I think, like, watching them play, they still te- beat. will beat teams by, like, 20. Like, I agree.
8: Which
7: is, I mean yeah. – they, so they definitely still have like some like reserve, reserved but power, I think, and that's what we're gonna see when they play Villanova, and I think that's gonna come out if they get frustrated with how Villanova plays and how different it is compared to them. I mean, I would love I, I would love Villanova to beat them. I just am not sure it's going to happen.
1: I think if Oklahoma wins this game and they win this game with emotion as opposed to blowing blowing Villanova out like they did in the first game, I think that emotion is going to carry them over. And I think when they face North Carolina, I think Oklahoma will beat North Carolina just based on the emotion and based on the complete team that they have as well. I mean, you have two really complete teams, but you have one great individual player for
7: Oklahoma. And I think that's where you're going to see – that's, like, what's going to emerge if, when, or if Oklahoma and UNC play each other because UNC is a very complete team and a lot of damage in the tournament during the regular season and pretty much all year, but, but just too good. There isn't, I don't think there's any player that can really, even, like, I was looking at, like, top performers for each team, Buddy's averaging, like, 30 or 29 point something. Even Mm -hmm. for, um... Play, for UNC Bryce Johnson's only averaging 21.
1: And Buddy like, Hill
7: also if I'm not mistaken no, Buddy
1: Hill also know. averages four assists in the time yeah, as
7: well. Yeah, like I think four assists. And then I'm looking cuz he has a it's re, he has a pretty decent rebound average too. But I'm looking cuz I want to I want to know for sure. But even like I mean, we talk about them being complete like uh, Spangler is still there. They like they have other weapons besides him. He's just too good. Yeah, he's averaging 29.2. Um, oh, no. I guess I was thinking it's Spangler. It's the one that's averaging that's leading for rebounds of 7.2. Defensive rebounds, not offensive. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's do, like, he's doing the most I think I'm looking to see what he's averaging for the tournament now. I mean, even like I think it speaks a lot that his points per game have only gone up in the tournament, and by a decent amount. Um, this is true. And this all is these very, thirty-seven very point true. games.
1: I mean, I, I love. I mean, I, I, I love. I just love the. I just love his game, and not only that, I mean if you look at the players that have come from the Bahamas, the Michael Thompsons, the Buddy Hills of the world, I mean, you have to look at the Bahamas now as a hotbed for basketball. I mean, in in a sense, because there's a lot of talent there as well.
7: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely put them more on the map than they have been he's not – like you said, he's not the only good player that's ever come out of the Bahamas. But I wonder how recruiting is going to go with him being from the Bahamas. Like, I wonder if other colleges are going to start looking more at other places to recruit. I mean, I know there's a lot of Canadian uh, basketball players too, like Jamal Murray from Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, Wiggins. So I wonder if that's only going to – Increase it probably will. I mean, there's been some phenomenal players from other countries that have emerged in college and then in the NBA.
1: Definitely, definitely. I mean, you look at some of the players that are that are, that have, that played in the tournament, like uh, Demonte Sabonis of Gonzaga, Cal Witcher. Um, you look at um again. The trio from from West Virginia, Ben Simmons, who played the NIT. Um, I mean, just a lot of the players that have played in the postseason this year. I just, I just don't think that it, it would that they don't have that kind of determination that Buddy Hill does. No, I mean, just he just wants it more, and that's what makes that's what makes me feel very very excited about seeing where he goes next year and it makes me excited to see the future of college ba- the future of college basketball and the future of some of the current college basketball players as they cultivate on into the pros
7: yeah i'm very I'm very excited for his future because it's so bright at this point um and I, I mean like it's funny that you mentioned. Uh, Timberwolves, because that's what I've always... That's what like, always been in the back of my head, cause I would love to see him play. I would love to see him play with Zach Levine and Ricky Rubio and Carl Anthony Towns. Like, that... I, like, like the Timberwolves. I think they have a lot of really talented players, even though they're not... And Wiggins, too. Can't forget about him. Right. Um. Yeah, and he... I, he would be a good fit. I just... There's so so many of... Especially right now with all of the other drama that's going on with the Lakers I, I just feel like all of the lottery a lot of the lottery teams are just a mess right now and I would hate to have to see him have to deal with that and I agree
1: the Lakers, yeah. the
7: Lakers are just oh, another my level of ridiculous
1: That that's beyond the level of ridiculousness and uh, uh I, I hate. I love it. I can't hurt, wait. To, I can't
7: wait to see if he's gonna. Yeah, I know. I can't wait to see if they're actually gonna trade him.
1: I mean, he to me, he's essentially committed career suicide. I mean, that's,
7: much. nobody's gonna want him.
1: <laughs> I mean, he he doesn't he won't have any trust in the locker room, which which sucks. And you know, but you brought it on yourself, and your maturity level, you know, is just not good. Not good at all.
7: Yeah, and that I think he reminds me a little bit in that aspect of Ben Simmons. I mean Ben Simmons is just as old. The Russell is he's either like he just turned twenty. He turned twenty in February. Right. So like you and that's what I think like teams need to look at when they go for the kids that have been in college basketball for one year. Do you really want somebody in your locker room who is immature enough to like do this and have it get out and then have to deal with the aftermath? The Lakers yeah. are already like, doing terrible enough on the court. Where they don't need they don't need these busy is- issues. No teams do.
1: I, I would agree. I definitely would agree with you. And 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 there you have it. That's the last word from from me, <laughs> uh, Audrey. We have a few minutes uh, left in the in the show. Um, any shout outs you want to give or any.
7: Um, yeah, I think my parents are listening today, my girl and my nanny. So, thanks for listening and supporting me. Um, first, everyone from resources and chat boards that's listening, Um, and JT who always listens. Um, and that's it for me. If you haven't already followed me on Twitter, um, you retweet me all the time, so it's uh, it's at Audge Gunt. A U D J G U N P H and follow per sources and chat sports too, because I work for them for college basketball.
1: And also you can check me out. I didn't have a blog of I didn't have a blog for the weekend this weekend, uh simply because of the holiday. Um but Monday or Tuesday I will have my blog back up and going. The weekend that was so take me out there you can also check me out on twitter um 17 or tailgate crew on um check me out on instagram J- Jermaine houston 17 um check out my new facebook page as well for the tailgate crew the tailgate crew show podcast <laughs> and also special thanks to marquise daniels for being, for being a part of the show also um Audrey, for being a part of the show, and thank you, and Young Scoop, and and, um, again, you know, thanks for being a part of the show, and hope everybody has a great weekend. Go out and support your local colleges and whatever sports that they're they're playing this weekend, and (laughs) have a great weekend. Let's go tailgating.
0: Yeah man. Hey yo T, I think uh I think we can keep this one slow. Make it easy to ride to. Yeah. You know sometimes I look around and I think like maybe I am out here on my own. Yeah. Gotta find
8: something. Oh I can't.
0: But I can try, right? Yeah.
8: But well, what then? I'll be on my own. You know that ain't so bad. Yeah.
0: I sold a girl, I love her, you stand on your own. But you ain't gotta deal with these cameras alone. From the beginning, see, I learned how to manage my own. Became the boy, and then I turned to a man on my own. The long walk for the pack, moving through hella crap, Down to earth, so it's only natural, I hold you down. Now you the one I picture when I roam around And the summer I'm falling for you is going down Yeah, staying stuck in this season of mine And I've been shining to the point that my reason is blind Think I'm the one, that that's just something I'm reaching to find Out of control, but yo, that shit that I've still been denying Yeah, the light's down, but we staying up And looking back where I started, my only way is up waited a the world, but I lived it before the weight is up And still myself the one and only that I came to trust Now that's some crazy luck Yeah. Let it rock. But you want some soul shit. Yeah. And she just keeps saying. You
9: can't rescue me.
8: Oh,
0: no. You can't
9: save me,
0: no. You know what? Maybe you're right. Friday, Shot. Whipping through the horizon my time and it's something better than it's ever been. They call me Wolfie from how I'm plying on hella biz. If pop's alive and I'm here to show you the evidence. Back to the war where I started back in the day. I was pushing maximum effort and pulling minimum weight. Trying to show the old those around me that I can stand on my own. Now I swear I'm afraid of nothing. I'm screaming after the phone. While I'm busy pulling my fam up an animal. How I ran up the standards of how we living. It's funny they pull the camera. To picture of how I'ma get it. When years I've been in my zone. And it just how